Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shanks Show. Happy Monday and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Bill Shanks with Russ Brown today on our show. We've got basketball, football, and hockey. Hockey? I'm done with baseball. Oh, okay. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Get off my lawn. Hey, kid, get off my lawn. Hey, Rob Manford. Robbie, get off my lawn. Did I tell you how I feel? I I think so. I think I have a good idea. (laughs) I've never felt so old in my life. But get off my lawn. Anyway, we'll talk about it, I guess. If Max wasn't pitching today, I wouldn't talk about it. But I guess I'll – I still love Max, even though he's looking a little old. He's looking old because he just did two innings in about 13 minutes. (laughs) Got to get some cardio in. Jeez, my God. If we did uh, this show like baseball is playing, we'd be over in an hour. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Have to speak like – all the people on Atlanta radio. We'd have to talk really fast for us because we'd be going so fast we wouldn't know what to talk about. Well, yeah, yeah, you don't want it to lag, Bill. You know, people got a uh, short attention span, so you got to talk really fast. That's right. Hope y'all can get it just like that. Keep get, up. Get back on your phone. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so old. If I'm this bad now, what am I going to be in 10 years? I think uh, – Bo Bach. Nah. I, I see, here's how this works. <laughs> Only a few people will get yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, here's how this works. Like, they're, they're, like you're going to continue to go down this path, but when you hit a certain age, it's you're just old and nobody – you can just do it. Okay. So nobody's really paying. Oh, he's old. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I, I like, yeah, but we got to have people listen to <laughs> us. We're on the radio. <laughs> well, I wanna, see, I can't wait to get to that age. I can just say what I think. And then we're like, oh, he's old. Well, we've been saying what we think for a long time, though, we haven't have. we? We have. But, I mean, like, really, just let loose. God, like I've already let loose. And well, not you. Okay. One Georgia coach hate me, and the other one won't talk to me. And no. <laughs> well, we do have a new Hawks head coach. They had a press conference earlier today to introduce Quinn Snyder as the new coach, and they are not wasting any time. They were scared to death that Joe Prunty was going to turn this team around and have to hire him as the full time head coach. They're like, nope, we're not going down that road. Quinn Snyder, you're in. Joe, slide over. And that's what they're doing. Quinn Snyder is going to start tomorrow. And uh, a little inkling of this coming, of course. It was no question that Quinn Snyder was their guy. But I I thought he'd just sit back and watch from the – what did I say the other day? Watch from the front row and incognito and not let anybody know it was him. And instead, Russ, he's going to be on the bench. I I, wow, I I did not see this coming at all. I, I thought it was going to be like Georgia Southern was in 2022. Yeah, good with, example. With, yeah, yeah, with Coach Helton just kind of sure. watching and 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 staying out of the way of the, of the the current coaching staff. But he's ready to get in there and roll his sleeves up. And I I don't know if they alluded to this at the press conference, but I get the impression, and, and somebody had said this earlier on the midday show. It's it's a 20 game run to see if that he feels like they need to blow this team up or not, which. Let's go. I think it is. I'm I'm all for it if that's the case. I, I believe that they wanted him to be around all of these players, not secondhand, but firsthand to know, all right, who goes and who stays. 
this is an audition for the Atlanta Hawks players, and I, I love it. I think it's great. When you really take a look at it, it's like, okay, they could have done what I said and had him up kind of visualizing from the upper deck, trying to watch from afar, but instead I think he wants to hear. He wouldn't be able to hear if you were in the upper deck incognito, right? Right. Unless Hugh Durham's a coach, and then you got a really good shot. No, but I, I, I think they want to put him right out there in the fire. Let's let's let him see and hear what is wrong. And to me, that shows that there is dysfunction at the core somewhere. Do you agree with that? I think so. That somewhere it's yeah. there. Well, see, I was thinking he comes in and he's going to push these guys. And if there is an issue that they have, that, and I'm just going to say they, I'm not, I don't want to point out any one player, but right. if they have issues with coaches or their coach killers or whatever the case may be, the next year it will bring that situation to a head and they can start over. And that's not a bad thing. This is even better. I mean, this is like hyperspeed to get to this offseason, if that's the case. And, and I, I love the direction the franchise has taken there because, you know, the, the, obviously they made a mistake when they traded Luca. For Trey Young, for we, we, I mean, we know that, right? But it doesn't mean the Trey Young experiment is over. But don't double down on your mistake by hanging on to Trey too long to make yourself look right. That's right. Well, the good part about that is the guy who made the trade's gone already, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like he's got to save his butt by making Trey out to be something that he's not. Because I, I really believe that you think about the possibilities of trading Trey Young. And I know he's a star, and I know if Jason Walker were to hear us, he would get sick. But I really believe that it's about maximizing value. And you, you're in a unique opportunity here, Russ, because you already have a point guard. So if you wanted to trade this player from this position, there would not be a problem with having DeJounte Murray slide over and run this team from that position. And then, But who could you have around him? Who can you put around him? And I believe that Quinn Snyder's coming in to evaluate Trey Young. And he's going to be able secondhand, uh, uh, not secondhand, but he's going to be able to also evaluate everybody else. But first and foremost, he's going to evaluate Trey Young. Quinn, you've been around star player. He's around, you know, look, I think there's no doubt he's been around really good players for Utah. And he is an experienced coach who's been around for a while. He's been around some good coaches, too. And he's been around stars. So I think he can come in and evaluate and see exactly what has to happen. And if at the end of the 20 games or if they make the playoffs and do anything at all, which will be gravy to me, that's gravy. That's gravy. You know, they, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to spin this of, well, we're going to try to make a run. Oh, we'll run for what? Second round, you know, a run for what? And I respect that because that's their job, right, to win. So, I mean, I'm not throwing them under the bus necessarily, but a run for what? But you can't tell me that the main part of putting Quinn Snyder in this position now is to evaluate firsthand what he's got. If he's the long-term coach, I mean, I don't think they've – since Lenny had someone with a five-year contract, I don't know if Mike Budenholzer had a five-year. I don't know if Woodson or any of those other guys had a five-year contract. I may be wrong. They may have all had a five-year contract for all I know. But I, I, I think this is a huge commitment. There's no question about it. And therefore, let's let him see firsthand what's going on. Now, the funny thing, and we called this on Friday. 
They've won two in a row. Now, oh, they, yeah. they can't stop anybody. I mean, there's no defense. Not like they're any, uh, different from anybody else in the NBA. Who leads the NBA in defense? No. Alex, look that up for me. Real Nobody. No. Nobody. There is no leader. Tied for 32nd. <laughs> I mean, uh, who could be the best defensive team in this league? Cleveland? Maybe Cle- yeah, Cleveland. Maybe uh, uh, Golden State, maybe. New York, just because of Thibodeau. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Golden State's there, I'm sure. But I would think I would think um, New York would be up there because Thibodeau is a defensive coach. Lloyd Pierce is supposed to be a de- defensive <laughs> coach. He's for Indiana. But I, I'm I'm excited. Boston, go figure. There you go. And they lead the Eastern Conference. Not a surprise. Who was the who was second? Who's third? <laughs> the three best teams in the NBA are leading the league in defense. Holy crap. Shocker. How about a concept? <laughs> I mean, isn't that funny? The three best teams in the NBA are leading the, the league in defense. And Golden State's not too far behind, are they? Oh, well, we'll squash that. They're tied with Atlanta. Atlanta's 14th? Jeez, I don't know how that's the case. Wow. You sure? I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't keep up with the NBA more than I, I – I keep up with the Hawks. Yeah. So, to hear that that team's 14th is kind of scary. Is that like on Tuesdays or for the whole <laughs> – Seven days. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, but again, Boston, Milwaukee, and Denver are the three best teams in the league. So, they play defense. Okay. You either got to learn how to play defense or – and here, here's the thought that that's going to be the problem moving forward with Trey Young. His defense isn't going to get any better, right? I mean, they're, they're, this is year five. There's been no improvement. It's not like he's gone from level five to level four. He's still on level five when it comes to defense. I don't see any improvement whatsoever. Do you? No, it's I don't, the same. I, it's. I think with him, it is what it is. Yeah, he can't. He 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 can't do it. And so, but again, that's where that Dejounte Murray angle comes in, Russ, to where okay. Well, look, if we're not going to get any better defensively with him, we've got a point guard who can play defense that we could – so how much can we get for Trey Young? And, God, the temptation has got to be there, Russ, because of how much these stars are fetching in return. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. I mean, the amount of draft picks that are going between these teams when a star is in the middle of it. And, and I'm not saying to trade him now, but I'm saying I'm not going to be – Opposed to it because they are a 500 team with him. Basically, that's well, what they are. That, that's it. If Quinn Schneider doesn't feel like he can turn this into a championship caliber team, and you got to remember, it's it's this team because they don't have a lot of wiggle room. Um, so I think he's probably going to play Johnson and Griffin a little bit more, and, and really kind of see what they can do. Uh, and and if you don't feel like this is a championship caliber team, you don't have a choice because the, the, if the roster is what it is, and they're just a 500 roster. And you don't have draft picks. You you don't want to just keep sending a forty win team out there every year, right? Exactly. Quinn Snyder said, "I just felt like diving in was the right thing." Talking about taking over immediately. So there you go. No, I, I'm 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 thrilled with it. I think it's great. I think it's a great coach. Everything I read when he got into the NBA, Russ, and moved on from what happened at Missouri, which there was a problem at, at Missouri, but when he got Past that, got into the NBA. I mean, look, he went from University of Missouri to coaching in the, the NBDL. And then he got on Budenholzer's staff, and that's when he got the job in Utah. 
eight good years in Utah. Danny Ainge said he did not want for Quinn Snyder to leave. Quinn Snyder just felt like after eight years it was time to go, and that's why he did it. And so now the Hawks will have him see for these next 21 games what can happen. Atlanta is in eighth place, 31-30. and 30. They are a game and a half on top of the ninth-seeded Toronto Raptors and two and a half games on top of the Wizards, whom they will play tomorrow. They are a game behind the Miami Heat. They are three and a half behind the sixth-place New York Knicks, which is the team they are really trying to get to get that sixth spot in the Eastern Conference. Boston leads, Milwaukee only half game back. So I, I'm I'm excited. And and look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, in spite of what we've said about the possibilities with Trey Young down the road. I would love for the outcome to be Quinn Snyder feeling like, no, I I don't want to trade this guy. Let let's let's try to work with him. And I think that's probably going to be the the outcome. I would be really surprised if after these games, 21 games plus whatever they do in the playoffs, Quinn Snyder says, oh, let's just totally push the reset button. If that's the case, then they got a lot of problems on that team. And, and look, and if that's the case, then I will totally trust what they're going to do. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be changes because I think there will. Anytime there's a coach of this magnitude coming in, there are going to be changes. But I think – The, the possibility of Quinn Snyder coming in and saying, okay, we're going to blow this up, is there. The possibility of him saying, all right, I like who's around Trey Young but not Trey Young. We're going to trade Trey and keep the others and try to get the pieces that we could fit around Murray and Collins and Capella. That possibility is there. And then keeping it as is and trying to go on as they're doing. And you know what? That possibility is there. I don't think Nate McMillan was a good coach. I don't think he was a good fit for this team. I think what John Collins said last year, last week was correct. I don't think Nate McMillan was a bad guy. I just don't think he was the right coach for this team. I think this team needs a kick in the butt. And I don't think Nate McMillan was the type to do it. I mean, you saw some of his post-game press uh, – not press conferences. Those were bad enough. Some of his post-game talks to the team, and they were like – Oh my God! What it? What have you done? Won a basketball game or gone to a weenie roast? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Because it was no emotion. There was no excitement. I mean, if that guy won the NBA Finals, what would he do? What would he say? There's just no emotion there. It was almost like he didn't want to be there. It really was. I mean, I just and it, they had to feel that too, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, and that's that may be where some of the rumors about he tried to resign, which they said wasn't true. Uh, came from but yeah I, I mean my goodness he just was you know and, and our, our buddy Kirkland was the one who pointed out he'd just sit there with his arms crossed with that dad look on his face on the sidelines and you're like man do something I know I know you know his son's still on the staff really yeah he he's he was interviewed at halftime yesterday so he's still on the staff now, I don't know what will happen obviously I mean I guess he's under contract so they're gonna let him write it out and it's probably important for Quinn to to you know lean on Prunty and and the young young man the young McMillan I think is it Jamile McMillan I believe it's that you know for them to be a resource for him to 
find out things about these players. He needs to know what they've learned in their time there and what buttons to push and what not to push and what to try to push. Maybe Prunty can be honest with him about, look, you need to, you know, Nate wouldn't really do this, but, you know, it might be worthwhile to scream at Trey. And when he gives you that look like who you think you're screaming at, you know, tell him you're the coach and he's the player and to shut his mouth and play. Because I just don't think players do that no more. I don't know if coaches do that no more. And, again, you you think about the old coaches from days gone by. I mean, they were all former players, but they were, man, they were crazy. Pat Riley. Pat Riley had the best roster in the history of the NBA. With all due respect, I mean, Michael was the best player in the history of the NBA. But, Russ, when you had Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, Jamal Wilkes, Norm Nixon, I mean, it never damned end. I mean, Kurt Rambis, you know, it was on and on. I mean, I loved Michael Cooper. I loved James Worthy and Jamal Wilkes. Heck, I loved the secondary players more than even Kareem and Magic on those teams because they were just – they were steady, man. But if Pat Riley needed to get on their butt, do you think he gave a damn about whether or not he should scream at Magic and, and all of them? Because he was a player. Pat played. He was a Laker. He knew how to – he knew – Heck, he knew what had happened before in years gone by, so he didn't care about that. He did it. You think Bill Fitch didn't scream at Larry and Dennis Johnson? And I mean, he probably didn't have to as much, neither did. But, I mean, they did it, and they were good at it. And you don't have to be Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown was, like, nuts. I mean, like, nuts. I mean, certifiable. I'm, I'm going to be very honest here. They need to get Hubie's brain after he – departs just to see what kind of you know gel is in there that shouldn't be he's crazy he's on the game yesterday he was, he was doing a game yesterday on abc he's like 114 years old he's still on the damn broadcast do you know that yeah but if you wouldn't know it if you listen to him oh he's great i mean he's it's incredible he's just crazy i mean you can hear in his voice that you know he's he's one slip of not taking the packs to where he's a dateline nbc episode ready to happen don't you think? I mean, he's mm-hmm. just kind of right on the edge. Anyway, but I, I'm excited. I can't wait for tomorrow night. Heck, I'm going to watch him tomorrow night. Tomorrow night against Washington. Let's go. Let's let's do it. Let's play well. Let's see how you get. And look, last night's win was great. Yesterday's win against the Nets. They won by two on a, on a last-second shot, of course, from, from uh, Trey Young. We had 34 points and eight assists. Murray, 28 points, four assists. Bogey had 22 points. Capella, 12 rebounds. Okongwu, 10.7 rebounds. Collins, 12 and 4. It's a good game. A lot of points. I just, when, it's, when it's like 94 to 87 at the end of the third quarter, I'm like, God, it's a little it, too much. It, 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 takes, it takes some getting used to. Um, I mean, it's just not like it was. And, I don't, and it's not going back. Uh, I mean, it, it, you're. I'm with you. I mean, at the end of the third quarter, it's like that's a final. That's not- <laughs> I know. It is. It's crazy. It it really is crazy. But nonetheless, Hawks are ready for the new head coach. And on Friday night, Donovan Mitchell told Trey Young when the Cavs played Atlanta, Coach Snyder's going to push you, but you'll want to win for this guy. I don't think they gave a damn about winning for Nate McMillan, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, and you know, and I, I thought I think that's a good thing. I, I, I think because I think deep down inside, Trey Young does want to win, 
and be because he wants to be great. And you're not, and you, you know, to go down in history for whatever reason, you have to win a title. It, it seems like so. Hopefully, this this works. I'm like, I'm optimistic. They've sucked me back in too. Absolutely. No, I'm 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 kind of anxious to see. See what's what. I'm I'm uh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait for tomorrow night. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. The Braves have won a baseball game. Thank goodness. We'll talk about that and uh, the Mickey Mouse game that it has become because of the moron commissioner. You know, this is all Theo Epstein. That's all it is. It's all Theo. He wins a damn World Series of the Red Sox. He goes and wins a World Series of the Cubs. Oh, you know, he went to Harvard. It's the big deal. So let's go have him change our game to make it stupid. Tell us how you really feel. Later on in the show, we'll talk about the Canucks and the Islanders tonight in Game Two of the Stanley Cup. No, I'm just kidding. Have they threw? Are they through their uh, All Star break on the NHL? I think so. Okay. Charles was right all along. I needed to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> all right, we'll talk about the Braves up next with Russ Brown. I'm Bill Shanks. You're listening to the Bill Shanks Show. Have I told you yet to get off my damn yacht lawn? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Welcome to the Golden Boys. (laughs) So the Braves game is over, of course. Let's see what the time of the game was today. It took a little while, didn't it? (laughs) Don't start. It, uh, I don't have my glasses on. Let's see there. I'm just, just, let's see. Time of game. 211. 211? 211. Two hours and 11 minutes. It's <laughs> gracious. Two hours and 11 minutes. You know, I thought about this on the way in. Since when I got in the car and, and listened, it was already in the sixth inning. There goes us having days off in the oh, summer. Oh, yeah. We'll go, we'll go from Braves baseball right to Chuck Oliver. <laughs> Noon o'clock start. We'll... <laughs> We'll, we'll have Chuck on by two. Yeah, Chuck will be there. <laughs> Jeez. So, anyway, they're getting what they want. The Saturday game, if you did not know what happened, I was watching it, and I was like, what world am I in? You know you know, you know, know when the Fonz and Richie Cunningham saw Mork from Mork come in the room, and they were like, what the hell's going on? That's kind of what I felt like on Saturday. There was a Happy Days Mork and Mindy crossover? Go figure. I had no idea. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. You didn't know that was how Mork started? No. Learn something new every day. I have to culture you all the time on this show. Yes, that's that's where Mork came from. He, huh. he showed up in Milwaukee. How it, about that? It was because Gary Marshall, who was the producer, Penny Marshall's brother, you know who they are? Yes. They <laughs> I talked to Russ like he's you know been at the home for... <laughs> <laughs> they, oh. Gary Marshall's son, this was like 1977 when the Star Wars stuff was coming out. And Gary Marshall said that his son turned to him and said, what if an alien came to Milwaukee? And wow. that's how Mork from Mork, Mork and Mindy, eventually, he went to Milwaukee first and made fines, <laughs> stopping his tracks. And then, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's how I felt on Saturday. Sitting there watching the Braves game, bases are loaded. All of a sudden, the umpire steps out from behind on plate. 
And he said, you know what, son? You weren't looking at the picture long enough. In time, you're going to be called out. Unbelievable. Hey, look, let me, let me, I'm going to want to bury the lead here. I still think my way is right. Do your little Mickey Mouse bullcrap from the first through sixth inning. And then don't let anything ruin the game like that in the ninth inning. Lacks it a little bit in the seventh from it. To me, if people are talking about where well, the games are too long, first of all, where are you going to go? Oh, you know what I got to do? I got to get back on my phone because I'm not going anywhere or reading a book. I'm going to get on my phone and look at it. My mother calls this the idiot box. I'm starting to think. See, I'm getting old like my mother. She's, I thought the TV was the idiot box. No, she's saying this is. Oh. She may, but, but the TV's on here now. Yeah. So do your little Mickey Mouse rules, one through six innings. Speed them up. Let them look toward the, you know, toward the east at the 30-degree angle, you know, with the sun coming in from the west or whatever. And then seventh inning, back off a little bit. Let's play baseball. You're still going to have quicker games, but two hours. But And here's the weird thing. Seriously, and I'm asking this question. Two hours, 11 minutes. Can't you sell more beer if you have a longer game? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because they normally cut sales off in the what, seventh inning stretch. So, yeah, there, yeah, you could. Or you could just keep selling beer all the way to the end of the game, I guess, to make up for it. That's only for night games, isn't it? Certainly they don't do that in the day games. I think so, yeah. Really? Yeah. So, anyway, the rule for the game on Saturday with the Braves is stupid. I mean, that that was stupid. That was – you got to be looking at the, at the pitcher – I saw a video last night they had on Twitter of Derek Lowe. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Derek Lowe pitched pretty fast, and Joey Votto was pissed off because in a previous at-bat he had quick-pitched him. Joey Votto didn't, Votto didn't get out of the box. He just kept on <laughs> swinging. Never stepped out of the box. Ball would come, pitch one, boom, he'd stand right there. He kept on going. And at the end, he walked Votto, and you could tell Lowe wanted to absolutely kill him. Because it was, it was, I don't know, Russ. I'm just, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I bigger bases. What are they going to have now? A sound effect that'll be in the bases for when you step on it. It'll make a funny noise. I mean, really. So, so you got bigger bases. You got pitchers can't throw over there. I hope Sean Murphy throws out 15 runners at first base. If I'm him, I'm throwing over there once a game. I mean, Matt. Matt's a big boy. He's six foot, what four, five. Mm-hmm. He's a big kid. I'm throwing over, there, and occasionally they're going to get in right field. And you just have to hope that Ronald's paying attention, <laughs> which is a problem. Well, maybe this will help him pay attention. That's right. <laughs> you're right, Ronald. You got to pay attention now because that ball may be coming your way when you're sitting there picking your nostril in between pitch one and three. I mean, come on now. I mean, I really do. I hope. I hope he throws over there a lot because this. God Almighty, you got to get on that mail quick. What if you want to really think about what you're going to do? Did you see that video last week of, who was it, Ian Anderson, where he was telling Travis, no, as I'm walking back to the mound, go ahead and throw the pitch com pitch to me so I'll know by the time I get on the rubber what the hell to do. Did you see him say that? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
What are we in a hurry for? What's TV. the hurry? TV, hell, he came back today on the radio, and Joe had to say, oh, right, the first batter got a hit, but I wasn't here. <laughs> I mean, and Joe is like me. I can already tell Joe's pissed. He's not happy. He he is just like, what the heck is going on? I mean, really, they, they, they came back from commercial, which, I mean, they've had to – have they shortened the commercial breaks on our network breaks, or are they still the same? No, it's the same. No, same format. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, Joe came back and said, you know, whoever it was, Russ Brown got a base hit, but we missed that pitch. Because, I mean, you know, umpires got to get to the Columbia restaurant by 4 o'clock reservation. I don't know, man. I, I just – maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe everybody's going to be liking this. Okay, cut it down first through sixth inning. Hurry that up. How? And, and I've said this before, Russ, so seriously – and I'm being serious. I'm being sarcastic in my mentions here, but I'm being serious in my dis- dislike for all this. People say, well, the games are too long. Okay, well, how many times do even the hardcore fans sit there from first inning, first pitch to the last? How, uh, last year of 162 games, how many of the regular season games did you watch first pitch to the last and not get, I mean, go to the bathroom, but, I mean, pay 100% attention? Can that even be done? Is that even is that even viable in today's world? I'm serious. Is that even I, right viable? Hell, people can't I, go to the movie theater without taking their phone in there, which I think is ridiculous. I think, I mean, I think it's more likely now with the with these new rules. Well, hell yeah, you're going to miss but, a pitch if you blink. But see, what's messing me up is that, like, I always miss the first couple of innings. I'll, I'll, I'll follow along on my phone, but I'm watching Will of Fortune in Jeopardy. So I turn the Braves on at 8 o'clock. Well, Game's going to be half over now. <laughs> You'll miss Max. <laughs> you ain't going to see Max all year long, son. <laughs> and, and God knows if Drew Smiley was pitching, you'd never see it any from him. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just think they could do some different things. I mean, do you think this is going to be it forever? I don't know. I th- I think, you know, I, I'm glad they're doing it in spring training to get all the kinks worked out. And I do wonder, when we get into the regular season, is the pitch clock like the speed limit? You know, we're uh, 17 seconds. We're not going to worry too much about that. Uh, and then the other thing, too, that you're talking about – a lot of people have talked about how, you know, you have rules in other sports to, to govern things. So there's, you know, why, why not baseball? But your idea about not having a pitch clock in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, like in football, at the last two minutes of each half, the rules are different. So it wouldn't be that unusual of a, of a, of a concept. I hope this isn't, this is how it's going to be moving forward. I hope this is, well, this is how it's going. You know, where can we make this better? Because I think there's some give and take. Um, I mean, I like the, the I like the concept of what they're doing, but can we do 25 seconds instead of 15? You know, or maybe you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like slow absolutely. it down just a little bit because I, the first video I saw was the Mariners game, and I don't know who was pitching, but he never got off the rubber, and it was just like catch, <laughs> turn, throw, pitch, catch, turn, throw. It was giving me anxiety, like just it's like a Mattel game from 1992 or something. Meyer leagues, the time of the nine-inning game was reduced by 25 minutes when they did this Mickey Mouse stuff, three hours and three minutes to two hours and 38 minutes. Stellan Bay's success rate also increased by 10%. Stellan Bay's attempts increased by 
almost a half attempt per game. So there you go. But two, like two hours and eleven minutes, two hours and eleven minutes. I mean, if I here and and again, Alex says Nats Astros was two hours and seven minutes yesterday. That's cr- I mean, I would. That's that's too fast. Like I, to me, yeah, I can understand them wanting to fit it inside of a three-hour window for television. But like two hours and forty-five minutes. Right. Okay. Exactly. But but Russ. How much is the average price of a major league baseball game right now? Oh gosh! I mean, if you $50. want to sit, if you want to seat in a, a decent seat, yeah, at least fifty bucks. Okay. So I'm going to pay fifty dollars. Then I'm going to have to pay for parking. Then I'm going to have to pay for food. I'm. I'm it's probably going to be pushing a hundred dollars, or let's say seventy-five by the time I work out there per person. And I'm going to be in and out in there in three hours, pre-game and the game. I, I, I mean, is that going to push back on that? That, hey, you're, you're rushing my event. You're, you'll, you'll see, you'll miss a third of the game standing in line for a hot dog. Exactly. You're, well, but that could happen now. I, you know what? When's the first time somebody's going to call the show and say, you know what? I went up to a Bryce game and I was in line for 25 minutes. The damn game only lasted two hours and 25 minutes. So I missed a <laughs> sixth of it. Well, well no, yesterday, I, I'm not kidding you. Yesterday, so they go, I don't remember exactly which inning. It was in the middle innings, like fifth or sixth. They go to break. I get up and go use the bathroom. I come back out. My wife asked me a question. We have a brief conversation. I walk back in, and the next commercial break has already started. Because, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more than six or seven minutes. Brian, but, Brian McTaggart, listen to this, Russ. Astros times of the game so far this spring, 219, 207, 233. Man. They're definitely not getting paid by the hour. Jeez. So is it, maybe that's it. Maybe this is an, an all uh, – Big effort to decrease the salaries because we're going to tell you <laughs> we're not paying you that kind of a money per hour. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just it's it's changing the game. And so yesterday, I'm watching the Braves on the iPad, and it was on Yes Network. So one of the beauties of baseball all these years has been no clock. We don't have a clock. In baseball, compared to the NBA, the NHL, NFL, soccer, you know, I don't understand that clock. It blows me away. But anyway, you keep on playing even after it hits zero. I mean, like, what the hell? <laughs> no, it starts at zero. Oh, well, <laughs> then you keep on playing after the time. It's like, make up your mind. But it's like, you never had to have a clock. And so here's a clock on the damn screen, the whole Yankee game. Hopefully they were just getting their people used to it or talking about the pitcher. It's like I'm watching the whole game with a clock on there. You know, that that's one thing that, that is jarring because they started this in college football, I think in 2020 was or not college, but college baseball in 2020. But there's no clock. It's the umpires keeping the time. So you really don't even know what's happening. And I wish and, and then in the video that I saw, I mean it's the clock is right there. And I wish that wasn't uh, it wasn't on the screen, because you can still do it, but have that allure that there is no clock. I know, I know, I know. All right, from the secret text line, the call to end the game was borderline. Isn't there a common sense factor that comes into play? Base load with two outs in the ninth inning, and you call the batter out. Is that better for viewers? I'll answer no. Good point. Well, no, I mean there is a rule 
I mean, he's got to, by the eight-second mark, he's got to be looking at the, the pitcher and in the box. And he wasn't. I mean, that's... But he wasn't looking in the third row with some chick. <laughs> I don't know what... What was what he, he looking thought, at? He thought, the way I understood it, he thought because the catcher was standing up, he didn't have to be in the box. But the catcher was in the box, so it, it counted. Better it happened in a regular exhibition game than a regular season game. Because there was a college game on Friday, the game ended like that. And the, the, the bases were loaded, almost the same situation, only the team was down one. So that ball game, they lost. Oh, my God. I, I can already tell. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use an obscenity on the air this year after watching this crap. Here's the thing. So if you're at that game of the day and they, they tie, and you paid a lot of money to go to a spring training game, aren't you kind of pissed? Wait, well, you're not even going to go to the 10th inning and you ended the game like this with a guy – with his thumb up his butt, not knowing what the heck he did while they called him out when he had nothing but he was standing there in the box? Well, I think it's an exhibition game, so you have to know that it's probably going to end in a tie. Golly, I'm telling you. I mean, at least they didn't throw the ghost runner out there. Oh, my God. Ghost runner. What a bunch of bull crap. I'm telling you, you know that me TV every morning, they play those Looney Tunes commercials, and I, I just wanted to play that commercial every day where Foghorn Leghorn plays baseball and goes around the bases over and over again. Y'all know that? I mean, it's just, that's what we're dealing with here. I'm sorry. I'm only 52.9, but this is just really, you know. I mean, when I pitched, not that I had a heralded career, but, I mean, I, I don't remember that I screwed around on the back of the mound and, you know, was looking in the trees and the clouds. I mean, I okay, I pitched, but it's like, some of these guys need to get their thought process together. They, I mean, not every player is like me and was the sharpest knife well, at the door. Well, they well the pro the biggest problem the, that I have with it is that the umpires didn't enforce this stuff. Why did it have That's to come right. to this? That's right. It never should have had to get to this point. That's right. Because Rob Manford's stupid ass umpires like C. B. Buckner that wasn't even man enough to extend his hand to Oliver Marmol. You see that over the weekend. That little story about Marmol tried oh, to yeah. shake his hand yeah, even though he's a putz of an umpire. Yeah. And C.B. Buckner. It's, so if you go up to an umpire before the game even though you know he's a putz and he can't do his job right and you extend his hand and he doesn't extend his hand back, you probably know you're screwed for the and, whole game. And wasn't Angel Hernandez on that same crew? Oh, my God. They that, put them both on I, the I same crew? I think they were crew? on the same crew. They got to break that oh up my before the God. season gets that's here. Like, that's like Ted Bundy and, and Jeffrey Dahmer being at your sports banquet for the night. All right, so I'm sure I've driven all the listeners away <laughs> with my crappy attitude. I just couldn't believe it. And uh, it, the, I, the one thing that pushed me over the edge was the clock on the TV yesterday. It yeah. was like, okay, I, I just can't. I don't know if I can take. I it. don't. I don't like that. But I, I, I do. I do like this better than like the the Nomar stuff. Oh yeah. And the guys I, I you know, having to do two laps around the mound to figure out what he wants to do next. But again, the umpire should but have the, the balls to yep. tell Nomar to stop doing that, that your daggum glove is the same as it was on the three one pitch as it was on the three two pitch. Get your ass in the box. Right. Well I mean what why couldn't Major League Baseball make their umpires enforce the rules? That's you all know? they had to do. They never did that. So now they've got this Mickey Mouse crap that's going to it, uh, it's it's amazing to me. By the way, Max Fried had two two scoreless innings today. Thank God, barely broke a sweat. <laughs> He's on the thirteenth now. Two innings. His time of game was about twelve minutes. Spencer Strider he got out pretty quick, and uh, Braves won the game.
They shut them out, I think, didn't they? Yep, seven to nothing. Okay, seven to nothing. Michael Harris had a big day, and I'll be there next month. I can't wait till you experience this in person. Oh, I'm going to be a real chipper. Chipper <laughs> was there, by the way, today. I saw that. Yeah, so he was there. So these guys are they're they're they love it in spring training. They got to go to dinner. Oh yeah, no, this is easy day at the ballpark, man. But he got a whole extra 45 minutes of life to live. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you money that these spring training games start about 12 or 12.30 next next year. Because then they get on the golf course and be there even longer. Yeah. They'll say, holy crap. Why don't, they'll say, hmm, why don't we start the games early? And these older managers, like someone we know, he'll be able to get home and get a nap. <laughs> hey, let's stop. 10 a.m. Let's go. <laughs> let's get this booger over with. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. If any of you are still there listening, <laughs> back with more right after this. On Friday, we broadcast from the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum where the jacket ceremony was taking place. We had a great fortune of having both Stan Cast and Ron Reed on our program, and they were – there, of course, along with Jackie Bradford, who was a longtime coach in Atlanta high school basketball and also of the Atlanta tip-off club, Buck Godfrey, legendary football coach at Southwest Cab, Andrew Jones, brave center fielder, finally showed up on Saturday night. Sean Jones, Georgia Tech quarterback from the national championship team in 1990. Al Parker, great Tennis player as a junior and then on at the University of Georgia. And then Mark Rick, the longtime 15-year head coach at the University of Georgia as well. It was uh, a great event on Friday and Saturday. And just great to, to see all the past honorees who come back. We're very grateful to those, like, for example, Bob Horner, who, and you know I love Bob Horner, He's one of my favorite players from my uh, childhood, but it was great that he came back after being inducted last year. And we have Steve Holman, our great friend from the Atlanta Hawks, who's going to be on with us soon. He came back, and and he had been uh, also inducted last year. Evander Holyfield was there last last uh, on Saturday night, and that was cool to see him. You know, I think I can take him <laughs> to dinner. So I can hear about his uh, his boxing matches. Did you did you look at the ear? Well, I had this conversation with Skip on Friday night after we saw Evander, and I didn't get a picture made with Evander until Saturday night. Is there anybody in this world that you know that you look at with the ear other than Evander Holyfield? I don't think I've I don't think I've ever looked at anybody's ears before. But if I ever saw him in person, that's probably the first place my eyes would go. Now, that, that picture, I've zoomed up the picture of him that I took. Well, you can't see the, that other ear. Yeah. So, so I, I, but I did look, and I think work's been done to make sure it Good. looks okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, if Mick Foley can do it, <clears throat> right? Yeah. I don't know what he's got a cauliflower ear, right? Isn't that what they call it? Yeah, cauliflower ear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he's he, he keeps his hair pretty shaggy, and I think some work's been done there, too. Yeah, I, I think so. But anyway, Evander was very nice to all the fans who were – God, I 
just realized somebody's buying this picture. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, it was a great event. It was a great event. It's not Tyson in the picture, is it? No. Okay. No. 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 Anyway, no. It it, it was just so great. Coach Durham comes back every year. The great legendary University of Georgia basketball coach. Uh, so many of the great, great um, uh, stars of UGA and Georgia Tech and the Braves. Jeff Treadway, our good friend from here in Macon, was there. Daryl Cheney was honored. Another great friend who is a former Brave infielder. Um, our, our great friend Murray Poole was honored for his tremendous career at the Brunswick News and at Bulldog Illustrated, which so great to honor Murray. Murray, everybody loves Murray Poole. He's just a great man, had a great career, and I have so much respect for him and what he's done over the years, and it was it was great, great to have him there and, and just a wonderful evening. Georgia Sports Hall of Fame is a state museum. It's in Macon. We have a lot of pride for it here in Macon, but to those of you listening all over the state of Georgia, if you're ever in Macon, please come and see the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum because it is something that every Georgian should be proud of. If you're a sports fan and you're a Georgian, well, you're listening to the show, uh, you should come to the museum because it's just it's a great event. All right, the Georgia basketball team lost to Missouri 85-63. They've lost three in a row. They'll play Florida tomorrow night, then South Carolina on Saturday. Two games they have a chance to win. The Florida game's at home, South Carolina game's in Columbia. We'll see what happens. Georgia Tech beat Louisville on Saturday. Louisville stinks. But Georgia Tech improved to 12-17 and 17 on the year, and they've won four of their last six games. They will next play at Syracuse, and that idiot coach of the Orangemen tomorrow night. Six, I'm really a nice person. I just have been talking about people very negatively here. But if you know anything about sports, you know Jimmy Beheim's a horrible human being. Yeah, yeah I think most people would agree on that. Okay. Mrs. Beheim may be the only one that would not. Well, she just stayed for the money. Anyway, Georgia Tech will be at Syracuse and then at Boston College on Saturday. Three thrilling basketball games. Georgia baseball split their doubleheader with Princeton on Sunday, winning 12-7, to then losing 12-11. to God, these runs in these college games. They'll next play against Presbyterian on Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Tech swept Tennessee Tech, winning 11-7 to on Sunday. They are 7-0 on the year. And the Yellow Jackets will play on Tuesday and Wednesday against Long Island. They will be serving iced teas. When's the last time you've had a Long Island iced tea? You know, I've never had a Long Island iced tea. Are you kidding? I'm not. We need to call out for one during the break. <laughs> Sounds good to me. You are listening to The Bill Shank Show. Bill Shank Show.